Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. All right, well, come on. Is there anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord today? Can we give Jesus a big shout of praise? Uh, Y'all can do better now. I said, can we give Jesus a big shout of praise all over this house? All right, that's good. Won't you high five your neighbor? Say, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. Listen, I'm so honored that you're at church today. You could be anywhere else, but you're here, and I'm so thankful for you. And just like that rolling video said, we're in a series called Dangerous Prayers. Somebody shout, Dangerous Prayers. That didn't sound like it was very dangerous. Come on, somebody shout, Dangerous Prayers. That's good. Well, we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks how we have been uh, praying a lot of the times when we were growing up, very safe, very mediocre, very just kind of just uh, by, the, by the book kind of prayers. And what we've been looking at over the last few weeks is the fact that, hey, you know what? We're going to be praying some dangerous prayers. It's right in the middle of a season we are in as a church called 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. And, and so we're just so thankful just to dive in a little bit further into what God is telling us, what God is speaking to us. And I just want to take a second just to uh, welcome everybody in that's watching online, everybody that's out there in Facebook world and wherever else you're watching from, man, we love you. We're so glad that you're here. I will tell you, if you're in the area, we'd love to invite you to come be a part of In The Room. Like, it's just better In The Room, isn't it, everybody? Come on, somebody, right? Uh, But can we do this? Can we put our hands together and welcome everybody that's watching in online? Let them know that we love them. Man, we love you guys so much. And I just want to tell you guys, I'm super stoked about what like God is doing this fall. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I have a, just an excitement, an anticipation in the air for what the Lord is going to do in our church over the next few months. And so I hope you're leaning into that. I think 21 days of prayer and fasting has really gotten us into that spirit of, man, just really focusing in on Jesus. And, and I'm just excited about this fall. I want to celebrate what happened even on Wednesday night. We had Vibe Night in this room with students in this room. And I'll just tell you guys that three students walked in this room dead to their sin, but they walked out with a relationship with Jesus. Come on, I think we can get a little bit more excited than that, because that's the goal. People meeting Jesus, again, I love that so much, and I'm so thankful for our youth team, everybody that served, and uh, just can't wait to see God use those three students and multiple students that were, all kinds of students that were here on Wednesday night, uh, just just to take Jesus wherever they go. I'm excited for that. I'm excited about what God is doing in our church, and I'm excited to be in week three of Dangerous Prayers. Has anybody enjoyed this series so far, right? About six of y'all. It sounds good, right? It's been a challenge, right? It's been tough. Like these are prayers that are hard to say, you know what? Yes, they've been easy to pray because they aren't. And today is not any different, okay? I want to just let you know that this prayer that we're going to talk about today, uh, you're probably not going to like this prayer. There's probably going to be times where, you know what? You and I will probably refuse to pray this kind of prayer. This is not a common prayer. This is not one that like just it's easy. This doesn't necessarily feel good. It isn't safe. It's not those kind of prayers that like, uh, uh, Lord, is going to protect me and keep me safe and bless me, Lord, help me have a good day. And there's nothing wrong with those kind of prayers, but today is not that kind of prayer. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. 
All right, because we're about to get into it together. I don't know about you, but a lot of times I'm praying, you know what, give me a hassle-free day, Lord. Right, give me a zit-free day. Come on, somebody, right? Like, give me a green lights and, and good food and sunny weather and the favor of the Lord for the close parking spot and my kids be acting right. Come on, somebody, right? That's the prayer that I a lot of times will pray. Uh, but I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you today. We're going to talk about one of the most uncomfortable, I think, one of the most challenging, one of the most frustrating prayers that you can pray, and it's this prayer, and I want you to write this down. It's the title of the message, but it's also the prayer that I want you to pray this week, and it's this prayer, God, break my heart. God, would you break my heart? God, would you break my heart? Would you crush it? Would you strip me of all comfort and ease? Like, like here's the deal. That's the prayer that I'm going to challenge you to pray this week. That's the prayer that I'm going to encourage you to pray. That's the prayer I'm going to challenge our church to pray. God, would you break my heart? And I know, again, this is not an easy prayer. And I'm going to warn you, when you pray this dangerous prayer, just get ready. Because you know what? I want you to understand it is going that God will answer your prayer. That God will answer it when you say, hey, God, I, I, I want you to break my heart. You're going to be burdened. You're going to be grieved. You're going to look around the world and ache over injustices that are going on around you and I. You're going to lose some sleep. You're going to structure your life in a way that people do not understand. You're going to face some resistance. You're going to face some opposition. You're going to face some criticism. And ultimately, you're going to face some persecution. But I just believe that in the middle of you praying this prayer, if you're willing in the middle of all that pain and discomfort and uneasiness, if you and I are willing to pray that prayer, Here's what I want you to know. If you will pray, break my heart, I believe that you will be blessed as your heart breaks for what breaks the heart of God. I really do believe that. that it, may be, it may not be easy to pray. This may not be something that's fun to pray. It may not be something that, may, oh, I'm signing up for that prayer right now. Yes. But at the same time, I want to encourage you as you do that, I believe that you're going to be blessed as your heart breaks for what breaks the heart of God. And we're going to talk about a guy today who had a heart broken for what broke the heart of God. And I just think about that. There's this guy named Jeremiah in the Older Testament that we're going to talk about just for a few minutes today. How many of y'all ever heard of Jeremiah? Come on, wave at me if, that you, if that's you. Okay, a lot of us have. All right, Jeremiah was not a bullfrog, and he wasn't a good friend of mine. Come on, somebody for the old people in the room, right? Okay, Jer oh, come on, I sing it. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Okay, that's all the old people in the room. Everybody that's like under 35 is like, what? Okay, all right, good. And who sang that song, Kyle? Who was it? Three Dog Night, that's it. All right, any Three Dog Night fans in here? All right, about two of you. Sounds good, all right. Um, but Jeremiah was the Old Testament prophet is what we're going to look at, not the bullfrog today. Uh, we're going to look at Jeremiah for a second. I think Jeremiah, what we have to study from this guy's life is he had an unfortunate nickname that you need to know about, right? Jeremiah was considered the weeping prophet. All right, I don't know about y'all, I don't want to be considered none of that, right? I don't want to be the weeping pastor, I don't want you to be the weeping athlete, right? Can you imagine that's your nickname? What's up, weeping bro? You know, like, what's up, man, you just crying all the time, right? Like, like I don't want to be the weeping father, I don't want to be the weeping teacher, boss, farmer, whatever. But Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. But it's something probably you wouldn't think of. It's not that he was just all up in his feelings all the time, right? But he was the weeping prophet because his heart was broken over the things that broke God's heart. And so we're going to talk about Jeremiah a little bit. And I'm going to give you a little bit of context around this guy that you need to know about this Older Testament prophet. Jeremiah, uh, he was a prophet, like I said. And the people of Judah at this time were rebelling against God. Like they were doing some crazy stuff, like crazy rebellion 
against God. Like what they were doing, the leaders at the time uh, were, were abusing widows. They were stealing from them. They were taking advantage of the poor. They were sacrificing children to false gods. And God's heart was wrecked over the sinfulness that was going on of the people. And so Jeremiah found himself aching on behalf of God. He was aching on behalf of God. Jeremiah began to think, how can you go around saying that you follow Jesus, saying that you love the Lord, and then the fact is that you're abusing people and you're mistreating those who cannot even defend themselves. They're powerless. And Jeremiah's heart was breaking. And so, again, you can go and read some of the stuff he did what only he knew to do. And you know what he knew to do? He knew to preach some fiery sermons. I'm talking about like some, I'm talking like, y'all remember back in the day when your pastor used to have like a hanky? Come on, somebody, you had his forehead because he's sweating. Like, I'm talking about a fiery sermon, all right? So, like, Jeremiah was preaching some fiery sermons. Like, you can go back and read them in the book of Jeremiah, and you can read that, and that boy preached. Like, that's a mm-mm kind of Sunday, all right? I'm talking about, like, oh, boy, is preaching, okay? Jeremiah did that. And what else did he do? He prayed, he fasted, and he did everything that he knew to do. And watch what he says in Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 18, when he's looking around, looking around at all the injustices going on, all the things that are happening, all the things that are bad in this world. And he looks at it and says, oh my goodness, my grief is beyond healing. And my heart, what is it? It's broken, right? On behalf of God, my heart is broken. He goes on to say in verse 21, I hurt with the people, with, I hurt with the hurt of my people and I mourn and I'm overcome with grief. That's what Jeremiah is saying as he's looking around, as he's seeing the landscape of the people that say that they follow after God, as he's looking around his community, as he's looking around his people, he's looking around and saying, you know what, oh my gosh, my grief is beyond healing, my heart is broken, that these guys and gals are not doing what God had called them to do, that they're not doing what God wants them to do, and that the plan that God has for them. And I got to thinking about that as I began to read that and just began to pray through that, and my question for you and I is... Is this idea, when you read that like that right there, my grief is beyond healing, my heart is broken, I'm overcome with grief. My question for you is this, do you want that? And I'm going to be honest, right? Let's be honest. I want the exact opposite of that. Come on, somebody, right? Like, can we be honest in the room? Right? I want the exact opposite of that. I, I want to pray for, I, I want to wake up with a good day. Come on, somebody, right? I want to wake up and like have no real big problems. Like nobody's flipping me off on 641. Come on, somebody. Like I, I want a good day. I want no, no interruptions, nobody to be rude. I don't want any heartache. I don't want any grief. And that's why this is a dangerous prayer. That's why this is a dangerous prayer. And I'm not talking about when you pray, God, would you break my heart for the injustices of the world? I'm not talking about necessarily a spiritual like hobby or something that you see like a commercial on the TV and little puppies are out in the rain and it's a sad, you know what I'm talk, talking about, right? Like Conley is crying as soon as she sees that every single time, right? I'm not talking about that. Yes, that's sad. And I hope that you would go out and, hey, adopt a puppy. I, that's good for your puppy, right? I love that. But at the same time, I'm talking about something deeper than that. I'm talking about something beyond that. I'm, I'm, I'm talking something even more so than just if you see somebody sitting around maybe at Walmart or in front of another store and they're asking for money that you just throw a little change to them. Oh, I'm going to give them my spare change. That's good. I love that you do that. I'm talking about something even deeper than that. Well, what are we talking about when we say break my heart? I'm talking about gut-wrenching burden that's on the inside of you. 
something that consumes your thoughts, that you cannot get away from it, that it eats at you, and you and I have no choice but to do something about it. Right? See, when we pray this, when you get to this point where you're saying, God, would you break my heart, and he begins to break your heart for what breaks his, this is the exact opposite of everything that culture tells you and I to do, right? It's the exact opposite. Even, uh, again, this is opposite of like the kind of the feel-good version of Christianity that says God exists for you and God exists for me to make my life better, to take away the pain. That's not why God exists, right? You and I exist to glorify and honor and praise God no matter what's going on. He doesn't exist to serve me. That's not, that's not the God that we serve. And again, we can preach it. I, and we Again, there's so many things when we're praying and when we're saying it, I, I, there are things that we will preach from time to time. That Y'all, I believe it, right? I believe that you are blessed, that God has called you, that God has purposed you, that, boy, it's a time to multiply, mm-hmm, right? Like we can preach it, every comma that's in like the Bible, we can put a little, ah. Uh, to it, right? You're the head, not the tail, right? You're blessed going in and blessed going out, right? And I'm I'm a guy that preaches that. I will preach that, but I will encourage you from time to time, you got to understand that that's not all that God wants for you. And sometimes the blessing, what if the blessing, and this is the question I have for you, what if if God's greatest blessings comes from God's greatest breakings in your life? What if that's where it comes from? That again, that, that it's not all about you and I and it's time to multiply and name it and claim it and see it and be it and, and all of this kind of stuff. Like I want to challenge some of us today. What if we pray, God, would you break my heart? And what if the greatest blessing that you and I could experience is a brokenness for what breaks God's heart? What if that's the greatest blessing? What if the very blessing of God comes on the other side of pain that moves you and I out of self to care and reach people that God cares and reaches and wants to reach, that he cares for. What would happen if God really broke? All, uh, 600 of us is going to gather in this place today. What, what would really happen if God really broke your heart for the things that break his? What would really happen? What would our workplaces look like if God really broke your heart for what breaks his? What, what, what if God blessed you with a heavenly burden, a holy hurt to do something for him? What if he did that? And I got to thinking about it. Again, this is the exact opposite of what I'm asking for a lot of times, right? How many of y'all like to be comfortable? Come on, just everybody in here wave at me. Okay, I think all of us would agree. How many of y'all like a good Sunday afternoon nap comfy? Come on, somebody, right? Yes, Lord, all right? Football season is about to start, and I just like to tell everybody, go Cowboys, all right? Just go Cowboys. I don't care what y'all say. We're going to the playoffs this year, maybe. Okay, like, I'm not going to say anything other than that. We're going to the playoffs, all right? Uh, and I'm going to the game in December. It's going to be great. Um, but, but I want to tell you, like, I, I love being comfy. How many of y'all know there ain't nothing comfy like a Sunday afternoon comfy, right? Like, I'm talking about getting horizontal on the couch comfy. You know what I'm talking about? Covers pulled up to your neck comfy. Come on, somebody. Feet outside of the covers. Because if you sleep with your feet under the covers, God help you right now, all right? You need some salvation in your life, okay? I, I love being comfy. I, I don't know about you guys. This is something I like to do on Sunday afternoon. It's kind of like Sunday afternoon nap day around the McLean house, right? Love to get horizontal. Love to turn some football on. And boy, it is comfortable, right? And I think about that. And I think about, man, I, I like getting comfortable. One more time, how many of us like getting comfy? Come on. Oh, yeah, y'all already thinking about, ooh, I'm running home and getting in my jammies right now, right? 
Well, I hope he ends it. Jonah's going to get in his jammies right now. I'm just kidding, bro. I'm sorry, bro. I wasn't trying to call you out right there. I'm sorry. I love you, Jonah. Um, and uh, he was ready to get comfy. I'm with him, all right? But I think a lot of us, we value comfort, right? We value, we value getting a chance just to get a little comfortable. And again, how many of us would agree that once we get on that couch, it's hard to move? Come on, somebody, right? Kid starts fussing, who cares, all right? Like, don't matter, right? They'll figure it out, all right? Because it's hard to move once you get comfortable, is it not? Right, when you get in your spot, y'all know what spot I'm talking about? You start rubbing your feet together, and now you know you're comfortable, right? Right? How many, uh, again, that, it's hard for us to move in that moment. I think the exact same thing happens to us in our life. Is that the moment that we get comfortable, guess what? We're not moving on behalf of what moves God. That we're not willing to say, you know what, God, wherever you call me to go, whatever you call me to do, I'm in this comfort zone, I'm in this sweet spot of my couch, and I'm not going to go and do that. But I just want to challenge some of us today. What if God is trying to break you out of that comfort zone? What if God is trying to say to you and I, would you pray this? Would you challenge, uh, we're going to challenge each other, pray, God, break my heart. If you and I would be willing to do that, listen, comfort never once moved me to action. Right? Comfort never did that for me. I never once got so comfortable and thought, ooh, that's going to make me go change the world now. That's not what comfort is. More comfort, more luxury never broke me to care about the people that are suffering. I don't like pain, but guess what? Pain-free days never made me more like Jesus. Right? I'm just going to challenge some of us that when we're going through, when we begin to pray this, God, would you break me? you got to understand that you're inviting pain, discomfort, uneasiness into your life. That's why it's a dangerous prayer. And then I want you to know, though, that pain, you know what pain does? It purifies you. You, you know what, what suffering, as you walk through that, sometimes does? It strengthens you. You know what happens is trials, what they do, they will teach you. That what happens is, is rough roads reinforce yours and my need to depend on the God that we serve. And so I'm going to challenge some of us today. Will we begin this week to pray, break my heart? God, would you break my heart? This is a dangerous prayer that will break you out of self-centered pursuit of comfort and of ease and of just all about me, right? And I'm going to challenge all of us. Will we begin to pray that today? Would you begin to pray that today? So you can see all throughout the Bible that there were people that had their heart broken for the things of God. I want you to know that it didn't just stop with Jeremiah. Jeremiah wasn't the only one that, that struggled with a broken heart for the things that broke God's heart. You can see, again, all throughout Scripture, this guy by the name of Moses. I call him Big Mo. Come on, somebody, right? Big Mo had his heart broken. He was a young Hebrew boy, and for years they were in slavery. The Hebrews were in slavery to the Egyptian people, and what happened is, is Pharaoh, man, for generations after generations, 400 years that they're in slavery. And Moses sees this, and he sees this oppression that's happening, and he sees this idea that, you know what, I don't like what's going on around me. I don't like that this is taking place. And, and again, he goes out, one day he lashes out, he shouldn't have done that, right? But he carries this burden out into the middle of the desert. And for 40 years, he's out there. And he's got this burden of, hey, you know what? My people are still in bondage. My people are still capt uh, captives in the land of Egypt. And God has his heart broken for his people. And he uses a guy named Moses. And he says, Mo, I want you to go back to Pharaoh. I want you to know that your heart needs to break for what breaks my heart. And I want those people that are back there to be set free. I want them to be free of the slavery that they're walking around in. 
sin in their life. And I want to use you. And what happens is Moses goes back to Pharaoh, like the most powerful guy. And with his heart breaking in front of Pharaoh, he pleads with Pharaoh, listen, you need to let God's people go. See, what happened was his heart broke for the things that broke God's heart, and it moved him to action. It moved him to action. He couldn't have his heart broken and just stand there and look at it. He had to do something about it. That's Moses, right? You think about this other guy named David. Everybody say David. David. Right? David was a little shepherd boy, one of my favorite guys in the Bible, just to study and look at his life. And, and again, David uh, was a little shepherd boy, and his dad one day approached him and said, Hey, son, like all your brothers, the real men are all fighting somewhere. I need you to take them some snacks, right? I need you to take them some cheese and some bread. Take them there uh, to your brothers. Check on them, and then come back and let me know how everybody's doing, all right? So he does that. David goes, and what begins to happen is, again, he see, his heart begins to break for the things that are breaking God's heart. Why? He gets there, and there's this big guy named Goliath, right, who's out there taunting God's people, talking trash about God, doing all these things against God. And David is heartbroken, and he asks this question, hey, hey, bro, who are you to come against the God of Israel? Right? Who are you to think that you should be talking trash about God? Right? Who is, who is that? And again, his heart was broken for the things that broke God's heart. Everybody told David, you know what? You need to sit down. You need to be quiet. Who are you? You can never defeat this guy. He's too big. And you know what David said? You know what? I, I don't just believe that he's too big to defeat. I actually believe he's too big to miss. Come on, somebody. And I'm going to take him out. And guess what? David did something about it. David saw something that was breaking the heart of God, and he said, you know what? I'm willing to go and do whatever you call me to do, God. I love that so much. There's this guy by the name of Nehemiah. Everybody shout Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Right? Nehemiah was a guy in the Old Testament as well. But this guy named Nehemiah had, had his heart broken for his people. He was a hundred, couple hundred miles away from his home, but he had got wind that everything back home, all of God's people were absolutely uh, opened up to enemies and territory because their walls had been broken down. See, you got to understand back in the day when the walls were not built up, when the gates weren't strong, when there wasn't good solid protection, what you got to realize is they were opening themselves up to enemies and attack and vulnerability. And listen, Nehemiah hears about this, right? He hears about this taking place and he says, oh, uh, I got to do something about it. I got to go back home and do he, he actually what he does is he literally sits down on the ground and cries he, he is broken for these people he prays and then he risks his life by going to the king that he serves under he's got a comfy palace job right he's working in a palace he's good but he says you know what there is a problem and I got to go and do something about it because not only does it break my heart it's breaking God's heart and he goes to this king and he says hey king if I could go back home would you allow me to do that and and yes he does and in the most miraculous way ever like no construction skills no no leadership skills really he goes back home and in 52 days they rebuild all the walls and guess what he stands in front of all of them and says he says hey guys listen you got to understand that I'm telling you you got to fight for your families you got to fight for your husbands you got to fight for your wives you got to fight for your sons and your daughters and your home and ultimately you got to fight for God see his heart was so broken and he was willing to do something about it and so I'm challenging us today would you begin to pray God break my heart and don't just say break my heart be willing to say yes to whatever God tells you to do after that 
be willing to say, yes, God, I'll do whatever it takes, whatever you're calling me to do, no matter the pain, no matter the heartache, no matter the discomfort, I am going to say yes to what you have to say. And I think about that, and I think about, again, in, in our life and just in, in a couple of uh, uh, years as a church, like just thinking back just a few years ago, and, and thinking about pl- planting Purpose Church, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, like there, there's going to be some, that, that, we're excited. We got big vision for this place. We got big vision for this church. And, and I remember at the very beginning just walking through, okay, what's this look like for us? Where in the world are we going to meet? Like, okay, we're meeting in a living room right now. How in the world, like what are we supposed to, how are we going to find any money? Like, well, how are we going to be able to do this? But we had a conviction on the inside of us when we looked at Murray Calloway County and said, you know what? There needs to be a life-giving church in the middle of that town that loves Jesus, that points people to Jesus, that people are our heart, that generosity is our privilege, that honor is our posture, that celebration is our response. Like we were looking and saying, you know what? We can't really find a church that's doing that. We love all the churches that are around here and support them and lift them up if they're preaching Jesus. But we knew that God had said, hey, you know what? You need to go and plant a church in the middle of that town, in the middle of of a lot of religiosity where people go to church just to be going to church and you are going to be the church. That you are going to be the church. You're going to create a a group of people that, that bind together under the name of Jesus and we go out and make a difference for Christ. Like that's what we had on the inside of us. And I want you guys to know that that didn't uh, happen easily, that there was heartaches that we ran into all the time, that, that, that were, there was hills and bumps, and, and again, we didn't know what we were going to meet for a long time, and like two and a half months before we finally started having our first gathering, we found a home, and praise God for Callaway County Middle School, that we had a chance to meet in, but guess what, there was challenges there. There was days where the doors was locked and we couldn't get in, right? I mean, you know, it's hard to have church if you can't get in the building, come on somebody, right? And I remember those days, and there was ups and downs and hills and valleys and, and self-doubt and days that you'd go away, and you'd be like, oh, my gosh, really? Did you call us to this, Lord? And I got to thinking and praying, and guess what? That I know it may be tough. I know it may be uncomfortable. I know it may be, uh, uh, I feel like sometimes for you and I, it may be like, it's, this is really hard, right? Life can be really hard, but, God, you have broken our heart for Murray and Callaway County, and you're wanting somebody to do something about it, and you've asked us to be a part of that, and so that's what we had to just say, you know what? We're going to pray that God would break our heart, expand our influence, protect us, let your presence go before us, behind us, beside us, and in us, and let's go change the world together. That's what we had a chance to say, And here we are, three and a half years later, with incredible people like you saying, you know what, we're willing to do the same thing. We're willing to go out there and do whatever we got to do to take Jesus' name to the ends of the earth, starting in Murray and Callaway County, and we ain't stopping until everybody knows him. And I love that so much that we have that church that does that. And so when you pray this, just get ready. Get ready to hurt. Get ready to ache. And I don't know what it might be for you. Maybe Maybe it's unborn children. Maybe your heart's going to break for those that can't read, children that can't read. and I mean, they can't read the Bible. They can't read at all. Maybe for you it's going to be breaking that when you ask God to break my heart, it's for human trafficking. It's for racial injustice. Maybe it's for clean water. Maybe it's for people that are in financial bondage. Maybe it's for people that are uh, in foster care, students and kids that are in that. Maybe uh, your heart is going to break for people that are caught up in addiction and anxiety and depression or drugs or those coworkers who don't know Jesus or those teenagers who are wanting to kill themselves or are addicted to pornography. Or maybe it's for purpose kids that your heart breaks for kiddos that don't know about Jesus. 
Jesus and you're willing to do whatever it takes for them to know about Jesus. So when you pray this, your heart will break. Just get ready. I want you to know that. Your heart will break, but this is what I want to challenge you with. When it breaks, you know what I want you to do? I want you to thank God. I know that that sounds funny. That God, when my heart is broken, what do, you, what do you mean you want me to thank God? I want you to thank God that the God of heaven saw you and I and gave you and I the ability to care for the things that he cares about. That we have the ability to speak on his behalf because most people would think, you know what, it's better for me not to get involved. It's better for me to kind of turn my head. I don't want to see all of the injustices. I don't want to see all the things that are out there. I'll probably just turn my head away from it. I'm going to look the other way. It's easier not to hurt. But listen to me, y'all. I pray that you and I would pray this prayer, God. Break my heart because this is what I know. It's better to hurt with a purpose than to live without one. It's better to hurt with a purpose than live without one. Thank God when he calls you. Thank God when he moves you. Thank God when he burdens you. Thank God when he breaks you on behalf of what breaks his heart. Come on, is there anybody that's saying, you know what, I'm willing to pray. God, would you break my heart? Can we give God a big shout of praise in this place? God, would you break my heart? God, would you break my heart? It's better to hurt with a purpose than to live without one. I just want to challenge some of us. Would you begin to pray that today? And here's what I want you to know, too. There's this guy named Paul. He was in the Bible as well. And, and I want you to know about Paul. Paul had his heart broken. But before he had his heart broken, I want you to know that he was a religious guy, but he didn't know Jesus. Right? He, he was a church guy, but he didn't know Jesus. He didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. But what he did is all the time, and he'll tell you about it, actually in Philippians chapter 3, he'll tell you that he would brag on his religious self. He would brag about his religious self. He, he talked about it in Philippians 3. Hey, you know what? I was circumcised on the eighth day. I was a Pharisee. I was, a, I was from the tribe of Benjamin, which is like the, just the best tribe, right? I, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. I followed all 613 Pharisaical laws to the T, right? That's what Paul says. He said, you know what? I followed them all. I was faultless when it comes to the law. But this is what I know about Paul and what he writes about in Philippians chapter 3. It all changed when he came to know Jesus. Right? It all changed when he came to know Christ. When he gave up the rules and the regulation and said yes to the relationship with Jesus, he said this in Philippians chapter 3. You know what? I'm going to count it all as loss. Somebody say loss. I'm going to count it all as loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ. Right? All of it's lost. And he even, and again, as we talked about just a few weeks ago in our series this summer where we went through this book together, I want you to know he called that, when he says loss, when he says the word loss, you know what he really meant? And it's, it's pretty, if you can handle it, just get ready. You know what he said? It's dung. Yeah, I said dung in church, all right, all right? It's dung. You know what? It's crap. That's what, that's what Paul is saying. When compared to the greatness of the freedom of knowing Jesus, all of it, all of the other things are nothing compared to knowing Jesus. And I want to be a church that's so passionate, white hot passionate about the name of Jesus. And look how passionate he is, Paul, about people experiencing what he experienced in a relationship with Jesus. Watch what it says in Romans chapter 9 verse 1. It says this, with Christ as my witness, I speak with utter truthfulness. My conscience and the Holy Spirit confirms it. Watch what he says. He said, hey, y'all, y'all may think I'm lying. I ain't lying. Like, I'm trying to come to you and tell you, hey, this is how I really feel. 
that you need to understand. I'm coming to you in truth. My conscience and, and the Holy Spirit confirm it. This is what he says. My heart is filled with bitter sorrow and unending grief for my people. He said, I'm, I'm broken for my people. I'm broken for the people around me that don't know who Jesus is. I'm broken for them. Watch what he says. I've got unending grief for my people, my Jewish brothers and sisters. Watch what he says. Watch how passionate he is about other people experiencing Jesus. Watch how passionate he is, how heart, how his heart is broken for other people to know Jesus. Watch what he says. He said, I would be willing to be forever cursed and forever cut off from Christ if it would save them. So I want you to understand this. Like he's trying to let you and I know, hey, y'all, this is how much I love them. Y'all, Christ is everything to me. I gave all of the other stuff up. Christ is everything that I could ever need. He's everything I could ever want. And what he was saying is, you know what? I would be willing to spend eternity without him to help all of those other people know him. And I would be willing to be forever cursed if they would be in a relationship with Jesus. And Paul's heart was broken. And I'm going to challenge some of us today. Would you begin to pray this prayer? Break my heart. It's no coincidence that we sing this song, You Can Have My Heart, right? Because that's what I want you guys in our church, as, as, a, as, a, as a church today, will we just be unified in singing, Lord, you can have my heart. Because you can break it, you can do what you want with it, and I pray that you would just do what, what only you can do through us, God. And I, and I think about in my own life, I think about, uh, you may be thinking, Dustin, what do you know about heartbreak? You don't know nothing about heartbreak, brother. You're good. And again, yes, I have a great life. And I'm so thankful for my family. So thankful for my, my, my wife, my, our church, our, our staff. Our, I'm so thankful for all of them so much. Man, I'm so grateful for this place. I'm so thankful for my kids. I'm so thankful for my family. All of the, 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 It's all great, yes. But I want you to know that my heart breaks. My heart breaks. And my heart is broken as I look around our community. And I think about all the people out there that do not know Jesus. I want you to know as your pastor that guess what? The vision of this church is to go to the utter ends of the earth with the name of Jesus. That we're going to go and next Sunday's Vision Sunday. So y'all just get ready because I'm ready to just throw something out to you, right? Let's go. Let's, it's not a time to step back. It's a time to step forward and say, God, we are here. God, would you break our heart? God, would you break our heart for what breaks yours? And my heart aches for our community, people that do not know Jesus, that are searching for their purpose in life. Christians who are trapped in legalism and just checking the boxes and miss the grace of God, my heart breaks for them. My heart breaks for those in bondage of addiction, chains that have been holding them down for years and years, like, uh, like alcohol, drugs, pornography. My heart breaks for people people who believe the lies that the devil has more to offer them than anything that God would have to offer them. My heart breaks for people who never discover their purpose and the gift on the inside of them that God wants to use for his glory in the church and as we go and be the church in the world. God, would you break my heart? God, would you break our heart? God, break our heart for what breaks yours. And when he does, be thankful for the pain because you are being driven by heavenly purpose 
purpose, not to go after yours and my own desires, but to reflect the glory of God whose heart broke for you, that he gave his one and only son for you and I, that you and I would experience grace, that you and I would experience mercy, that you and I would experience purpose for our life. Listen, when you pray this dangerous prayer, get ready because God will wreck you, but it's so much better to hurt with a purpose than to live every day without one. And so I'm going to ask you in just a second, will we be a church that responds and says, God, you can have my heart. So here's what I'm going to ask everybody across this room. Would you stand to your feet right now? We're going to give an invitation in just a second. But as a church, I'm asking us, will we stretch our hands towards heaven right now in this place? Everybody all across this room, if you'll just close your eyes for a second. Would you stretch your hands towards heaven? We're going to sing that song that we sang earlier. God, would you have my heart? So I'm going to pray for us. And as we get done praying, I want you to go after the Lord in worship. I want you to go after him and say, Lord, you can have everything of me. You can have my heart. It's yours forever. You're not looking for perfection, but I'm here just to say, God, we're here as a church to say, God, use us. God, break our heart. God, you can use us for whatever you want to use us for. You can have glory through our lives. You can have glory through this church. You can have glory through our families. God, we're going to do whatever we can to make sure that we are breaking for the things that break your heart. And God, you care about the lost. You care about the ones that have wandered from you, that that have, have, have gone a different path, that maybe are far from you. God, I just pray that we would break for what breaks your heart, God. And so today, as a church, we stretch our hands out and we say, God, you can have our heart. God, you can have my heart. You can have what you want. You can do whatever you want. And we're going to sing as if you are doing that in our lives today. Come on, church, can we do this? Can we sing that Jesus can have our heart? Come on, let's lift our hands towards heaven and let's sing together. Come on, let's sing.
who loved us even in the middle of our mess that Jesus was willing in the middle of our mess to come and live a perfect life for you and I I want you to know that our sin it separates us from God and the Bible tells us there had to be a payment right there had to be a payment for sin and Jesus was willing to come he lived a perfect life he lived a life without sin something that we couldn't do and he went to the cross the Bible says that if there's not a if there's not some sort of sacrifice made there's not a shedding of blood. There is no remission. There's no forgiveness of sin. And Jesus was willing to go to the cross for you and I. He was willing to put our sin on his back, on his, uh, on his body. He was beaten and broken. His blood was spilled for you and I. So maybe you're in this room and you're saying, you know what? I've sinned. I've messed up. But I've never given Jesus my heart. The Bible tells us it's really simple. Jesus has already done all of the work. Jesus has already gone to work for you and I by dying on the cross. By getting out of the grave, he's defeated sin, hell, death, and the grave. And he's inviting you to give him your heart. So maybe you're in this room and you say, you know what, I need to do that today. I've never asked Jesus to forgive me of my sins. I've never asked Jesus to come in my life. And I want to give him my heart today. The Bible tells us, it's really simple, that if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you'll believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, Romans 10, 9 says, that you will be saved. 
So maybe you're in this room and you're wanting to give your heart to Jesus today. Here's what I'm going to ask you. Would you pray something like this? It doesn't have to be word for word. But would you just say something like this? Dear Jesus, in your heart, just give him your heart. Just say, Jesus, I give you my heart today. That you can have my heart. You can have everything. I ask for your forgiveness. I ask you to come in and save me. Forgive me where I've fallen short. Forgive me where I've messed up. And I put my trust in you today. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for giving your life for me. Help me live for you from this day forward for the rest of my life. Maybe that's you. Maybe you prayed something like that. Maybe you prayed it word for word, but you meant it in your heart, and you just gave your heart to Jesus. I just want to let you know that because you were you, you said yes to a relationship with Jesus, I want you to know that angels in heaven are rejoicing right now as we speak. That there is a party going down in heaven because of one person, if not many people, coming to Jesus. And so maybe you're in this room and you just said yes to Jesus. I just want you to know that we want to be a church that walks this relationship that you have out with Jesus right beside you. That's willing to answer questions. And if we don't know the answer, we're going to try and figure it out together. We're going to walk in this thing called community and life together. We want to do this with you. We want to encourage you. There's going to be days that are harder than others. There's going to be days that, that seem like hey man, everything's just clicking. We want to be right there with you the entire time. The best decision you ever made was giving your life to Jesus. And we're so thankful for that. And we're going to ask, would you let us know that? Like, I would just encourage you, tell somebody that you made a decision to say yes to Jesus today. And here's a way that you can let us know. In just a few minutes, i got an incredible team of, of, of prayer and care team. It's over here on my right, your left. At the end of service, we would love to know that you made that decision to follow Jesus. That's one way you can let somebody know in here. Another way that you can let somebody know is if you grab your phone, if you would just text the word PURPOSE to the number 270-229-6488. That lets us know that you made that decision for Jesus, and we can't wait. We would be honored to walk through this life with you, especially now that you have this new relationship with Jesus. So why don't we do this, Purpose Church? Why don't we let these people know that just said yes to a relationship with Jesus? Can we let them know that we love them, that we're with them, that we're for them? Come on, can we give King Jesus all the praise, all the honor? Come on, give it up for King Jesus in this place. Come on. I love it. Well, all right. We're going to keep worshiping this morning through the receiving of our tithes and offerings. And so our usher team is going to make their way right now to the front of the room. And they're going to be passing our offering containers. And this is just one way that you can give. Because at Purpose Church, we believe that generosity is our privilege. And so you can give by actually putting something in the offering containers. You can give by going on to our website, ourpurpose.church/give. Or you can actually give by texting the number that's up on the screen and giving that way. Um, and like I said, generosity is our privilege at Purpose Church. And because of your faithfulness to give, one of the things that we love to do is tell you how um, your faithfulness to give and your generosity is going to make a difference here at Purpose Church every day and in the way that we're able to impact our community. And so like Pastor Dustin mentioned last Wednesday night or this past Wednesday, we had Vibe Night. And so we had a bunch of youth here in this room. And so we had a guest speaker that was brought in. We were able to have our worship team led worship. Then we had some snow cones, a whole bunch of giveaways. And because of that, we had three youth who said yes to Jesus this past Wednesday night, which is something huge that we were able to to celebrate. 
So thank you, thank you, thank you for your generosity in that way, and that's awesome. And I don't know if you heard it, but on the other side of this room, our Purpose Kids every single week, because of your generosity, are able to learn about Jesus on their level every single week. And so uh, also, these chairs that you're sitting in, because of your generosity, because of your faithfulness to give every single week, um, when we started, when we launched as a church, we were portable, right? And so a, a church down in Georgia was very kind and very generous to us, and for one dollar gave us all of these chairs. And so this week, because of your faithfulness over the past three and a half years and the, uh, the stewardship of our church, we are able to buy brand new chairs that are coming in this next week. And so these chairs, we're sending them back to Georgia and we're getting brand new chairs this next week. And so thank you for your generosity in that. Your bottoms will thank you next week when it's in some padded cushion chairs, which is going to be awesome. And so next Sunday, it's going to be a great day because we're having some new chairs. And next Sunday is actually Vision Sunday. So be sure that you're here, that you don't miss it. It's going to be a great day. Pastor Justin has a great message that he has planned for us. And then the next week, we're kicking off a brand new series. Everybody with me on the count of three, say, what if? One, two, three. It's going to be a great series. We're taking some hot topics in the culture, and we're going to be breaking them down each week, talking about some good, some really hot topics in culture. I pr promise you, you don't want to miss it. We're talking about suicide, pornography, same-sex attraction, and abortion. Some hot topics going on. I promise you, you don't want to miss it. If you have your Purpose Kids, some kids who are younger, those are weeks you definitely want to check them in, check them back into Purpose Kids. But if you have some people in your life who you want to minister to, who, who definitely want to be here those weeks, don't miss it. It's going to be great. Some big things are ahead for us as a church. And I promise you, your generosity, your faithfulness to give is going to make a difference in people's lives over these next few weeks. So I'm going to pray over our tithes and offerings. pray that they go to make a difference in our world and a difference in our church over these next few weeks. And then we're going to go make a difference in our world together. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for everything that you've done in this room this morning. God, thank you for the hearts that you've broken in this room this morning. God, thank you for Pastor Dustin and his faithfulness, God, to preach your word. God, to call us to a higher level. God, I thank you for the faithfulness, God, of our, of our church, God, of, of um, the people in this room, God, to, to, to steward their money well, God, to, to follow after you, God, to be faithful, uh, God, to tithe, God, what it is you've given us, God, I pray that you go, God, you take our tithes and offerings, God, and you, you go to, to multiply them and bless them, God, to, to do more than them, God, than we could ever do on our own, God, that you impact our community, God, you make a difference in our world, God, and not in the name of Purpose Church, but in the name of King Jesus. God, I pray that you be with my Purpose family this week, that you bless them, that you keep them, that you make your face shine upon them, and that no matter what comes their way, that this week, that you will give them peace. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, Purpose family, we'll see you next Sunday. Have a great week. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.